I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-Minute Parenting series. Welcome to 15-Minute Parenting, the podcast where you will learn ways to parent through play. Play is more than blowing bubbles. It is fundamental to your child's development and is the foundation of your relationship with your child. Each episode is 15 minutes long and will cover a different parenting topic. We will start with common scenarios we are all familiar with, from supermarket tantrums to screen time meltdowns. I will share some theory on the topic and end with practical play activities that will help you parent through these issues using my 15-minute parenting model. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Let me share a story with you about a 10-year-old girl whose parents came to see me really worried about her low mood, her social disengagement and tearfulness. This, these symptoms had emerged over a period of probably eight weeks before they came to see me. Before that eight weeks, they painted a picture of a bright, fun, loving life little girl who was involved in everything, had plenty of hobbies, loved school and had a great group of friends. She had three best friends in particular and they seemed to be glued to each other's hip. I'm sure any of you who have children this age can relate to that. At this age girls are really into their friendships and everything went really well. They then described gradual changes that came over her and her behavior. She stopped sharing as much detail about her day in school, but in and of itself, this didn't worry them too much. She was at that preteen age when children tend to stop sharing as much as they did. They noticed that she was experiencing sleep disruption. It was taking her ages to get to sleep at night. She would go to bed at her normal time and would still be awake or up and out of bed. I forgot something. I need to get something. I need a drink. Things they hadn't seen from her since, you know, since she was a really young child. There was also some disruption to her appetite. They noticed she was picking with her food, playing with her food, which wouldn't have been like her. And she had been complaining about tummy aches. So in and of themselves, none of these symptoms were worrying. But when they began to knit them together and say, "Mm, she's not sharing much, she's not sleeping well, she's picking at her food, she has tummy aches, something is up here. So they did the right thing. They went first to the GP. And I would always say that rule out the physical before we look at anything emotional. So the GP checked her out and physically, medically, she was fine. But in the course of the consultation, the GP asked about any worry she might have, what might be going on at school. And her parents noticed that she went very quiet. She pulled back into her chair. She gave very short dismissive answers, telling the GP everything was fine. But she went really, really quiet from that point on. So her mom was driving her home. She was sitting in the back of the car, still very quiet. And her mom said to her, is everything okay? I noticed that the GP's question seems to have upset you. And in that moment, the tears came. She started to cry. She didn't stop crying. Her mom didn't know what to do, got them home, got her out of the car and instinctively knew this isn't the time to ask her about why she's crying. This is the time to hold her and soothe her through the crying, which is exactly what was needed in this point. She wouldn't say anything at all. She just wanted to be held. And that's what she got. It was much later on in the evening when her dad was home and mom and dad sat with her together in her room and gave her plenty of reassurance that no matter what it is, she could tell them she wouldn't be in trouble and that they were there to listen and to help her. She told 
told them how her friends were leaving her out. These really good friends that she had, who she spent all of her time with, certainly in school, but also outside of school, had decided that she couldn't be in their group anymore. This is something that came out of the blue. She said she was really upset. She was really confused. Her mom and dad wondered with her, had there been a row? Did anything happen? She said there was nothing like that. She didn't know what she had done. She felt like she was always on the outside, that in the yard she had nobody to hang out with, nobody to play with, and she just didn't want to go to school anymore. And she told them, if you let me stay at home, everything will be fine. That's the answer. She begged and begged them not to go to the school, not to talk to the school about it, not to ask the teachers about it, and began to cry even harder when they suggested they might talk to the other parents. She kept insisting the answer here is that I not go to school. And of course, from a 10-year-old's perspective, doesn't that make complete sense? Just let me stay at home. I'll be safe and happy here with you. And from a parent's point of view, much as we want to make them feel happy and well, they must go to school. And this is the point that they came to see me. So let's have a think about what's going on here in this dynamic. Social exclusion is a form of relational aggression. That's exactly what it is. If it is a conscious targeted behavior in that the person perpetrating it is consciously targeting one or inciting a group to exclude one person, then it can be a form of bullying. Though sometimes friends grow apart and sometimes that's what it is. So how do you pair apart what is bullying? and what is simply friends growing apart. We also see with social exclusion that girls tend to do it more than boys. There was some interesting research on this that further showed that if a girl perceives that she is about to be socially excluded by a group, she is more likely to target another in the group to socially exclude in her place. It's a dynamic that is insidious and is part and parcel of friendship development and evolution. Not a pleasant part of it at all, and it is something that needs action. This time, think of the age of these girls as well. They are 10 years old. They are in the middle of middle childhood. And middle childhood is a stage of development that really doesn't get the due attention it deserves. It's really under-discussed. But in middle childhood, it is a time when peer relationships are very, very important. In fact, developmentally at this age, their friendships are more important to them than their relationship with you, their parents. So when something like this happens, it can cause a huge amount of emotional distress and pain, not just for the young person, but of course their family members and parents around them because they feel trapped. They're trapped in this socially excluding dynamic. It's highly stressful. It's really emotional. And at the same time, they feel trapped in terms of not being able to do anything about it because they don't want to be perceived by others as a telltale or running to parents or not being able to handle things themselves. And this is exactly where this little girl was stuck. It wasn't working for her and her body was telling the story. So something had to change. Children spend most of their daily social interactions with their friends once they start school. By middle childhood, the focus is much more on shared interests they have with others and on personal preferences that they then develop in relation with others. We see how their play changes in this middle childhood around this nine, 10 year old age 
where it's much more about animated conversation with their friends and structured games as opposed to when they're younger we see it about creative imaginative play and sad as it is and it is sad friendships end and children can grow apart. Sometimes that growing apart is a gradual thing and other times, a little bit like this scenario, they end abruptly and a child can feel confused, hurt, dumped, pushed aside and really, really rejected. And if you think yourself about how the experience of rejection, and we've all had it to some extent at some point in our lives, what that brings up for you, now imagine that coming up in your 10-year-old body and mind and how that might look and feel. Children mature at different paces and they may find that they have less in common with their friends than they did even a year ago. So much can change in a summer holiday period. And this is especially true in these middle childhood or preteen years. All of that being said, we know from all of the research, all of the clinical data, that positive outcomes are associated with having reciprocated friendship in childhood. Basically, we know that children thrive and excel when they are in healthy, happy friendships. Friendship isn't just something nice for children. It is absolutely essential to their growth and development. As children get older, understanding the perspectives of others becomes increasingly important for conflict negotiation, to develop more intimate connections with others and to explore those shared preferences that are a key part of friendships at this age. So how do you support this development while connecting with the right here, right now of emotional distress, such as this little girl? She, she needs her parents to understand what's happening for her, but in the right here, right now, she needs them to help her to give her a roadmap out of the emotional distress that she is in. So how do we do this? Be curious as to why she feels they're excluding her. It may be intentional, but it may not be intentional. So part of your role here is to ensure that she understands the difference between what is bullying and what might be mean, unkind or rude behavior. Because while those are very unpleasant and distressing, they're not bullying. While she is speaking, make sure that you are tuning in to what she is saying and how she is saying it. You want to validate her feelings by listening empathizing and naming for her all of the great qualities you know she has that make her a great friend. Talk about what is and is not in her control. The goal here is that she learn and she come to the realization that what is in her control is her own feelings and responses and actions and what is not in her control is the actions, feelings, words, thoughts of others. A great way to play this out is to use role play. Have her be the excluder and you be the excludee. So she's going to be in the role as she perceives it of her friends who are leaving her out and you are going to be in the role of her. This allows her to put herself into the perspective of the other person. Then flip it and have her be the friend or the parent that is comforting the excludee. So that one who's giving advice, oh, don't worry about it. Here's what you can do. I'm sorry you're feeling this way. Because in that, you will learn more about what she really feels she needs 
to help her out of this and again you're asking her to put her into the perspective of how would she treat somebody who's feeling the way she is and I'm betting the advice she gives her friend in this scenario is not to stay out of school and give up going to school and that's the piece you really want to get to. Another nice play technique that would support her around this and particularly with a child like the one I'm talking about who is somatizing and really locating in her body the stressful experiences she's having is to engage in nurture-based play. I do write a lot about nurture-based play in my book but simply put this is about touch tactile sensory skin-based play i'm thinking for a 10 year old girl you might take something like a basin of warm water a nice soap soak her hands really rub her hands with yours applying a deep pressure that deep or proprioceptive type touch allows the skin to send a message to the brain that you are safe you are secure, somebody is minding you, you are held. That's very, very sensory reassuring for her. After the washing with the nice soap, have a soft, maybe warm, fluffy towel that you can dry her hands with, rub in a really nice scented hand cream, perhaps put clear nail polish, it's not going to cause any problems with school uniforms, onto her nails, then hold her hands in yours as you lightly blow on that. You will easily get 15 minutes of deep nurture play that is going to be very reassuring in a doing rather than saying way. I've got you, I'll get you through this, you are safe, you are minded and you are deserving of good care. You are worth something. And these are the messages that are going to give her that self-esteem boost that's going to help her find her way out of this. Because remember, you want to give this gentle advice, picking up on her cues and her narrative, but you do not want to jump in and rescue. I say that and I'm thinking you might be listening going, no, Joanna, I really do want to jump in and rescue. But here am I saying, no, please, you don't want to jump in because it's really important that she learns something from this, that she integrate this, draw learning from it that will stand to her as she goes forward and experiences challenges with friends, which will absolutely happen again and again throughout her childhood and her adolescence. Why don't you then spotlight some new friendships? Wonder about who else that she likes in the class or drop a few names in and see how she reacts. Wonder would she like to invite someone new over to play some afternoon and really focus on outside of school activities. What hobbies or extracurricular things is she involved in or could she become involved in that would expose her to children outside of her typical friendship group and more importantly children who you know by virtue of being in the same hobby have a shared interest with her which is again remember key to this stage of development and friendship. All of this said, if you do all of this and this situation escalates or the social exclusion increases and her associated behaviors that she retreats further and further into herself and the cocoon of your house, if those things were to increase, don't wait too long. Do seek outside third party help. Get a referral to a suitably qualified accredited psychotherapist who can help you and your child through this. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode useful, subscribe, share with a friend, give us a like, all of which helps people find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to come back next week for a new 15-minute parenting episode or check our archives for previous topics. You can find me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune. 
And between now and then, have fun.